One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Gays Revolting. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod, Twitter at Gays Revolting, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. Support our show and listen to our weekly bonus chats by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash gaysrevoltingpod. Hi, boys. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Our final episode without Mikey. <gasps> so we better Relish it. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so excited to have him back. I'm so excited to have him the back. The OG crew reunited. <laughs> How have you been? Fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you went to you had a concert last night. A little. I had a little concerts last two nights. So yeah. I saw Kylie Rae Jepsen last night. Incredible, Camp. incredible. Love her. Mm. Uh, the night before, I saw Leon, which is a Swedish artist. Really, yeah. really good. The night, uh, the day before that, um, I had to take Moody to the veterinarian. It was fucking. Oh, horrible. you got oh. fucked over. I got fucked vet. over real cat, bad. Yeah. yeah. So he had an infected bite from another asshole cat up the road that lives <laughs> at this witch's house, <laughs> and um, his like paw was like three times the size so we had to take them to like an emergency vet to like get it all drained out and like it's so annoying because you can't like fight them because you don't know anything that's happening but they weren't my regular vet and they just seemed like they were charging me all the stuff before even like looking at him yeah so yeah that set me back like 650 bucks so no one's getting christmas presents Mm, this year and i'm eating ice on bread for a while and cat food but yeah (laughs) ice on bread yeah have you seen the meme and then I had a farewell so on Friday. So I've literally been non-stop I'm just thrilled to be I'm here so because tired. about half an hour before I left to come here, my housemate put on Sweeney Todd. Oh, I've never musical. seen it. Oh. Is it I love it's a bad one? Oh, well, one. it's a Sondheim. So it just, like, there's some really amazing songs in it, yeah. but it's just, there's this one specific. So have you mm. ever seen it, Luke? The Burton one? Yeah. Well, oh, is it one before? So, um, who's Willy Wonka? Johnny Depp's in it. Johnny Depp's in it. Was, the, was yeah, it a yeah, thing maybe. before Johnny Depp? It, it's, it's like a classic play. Yeah, yes, I knew that. Yes. Shut yes. up, shut up, Tom. Sweeney Todd was a thing <laughs> yeah, okay, before Johnny right, Depp. Yes. Whatever, you know But things. it was written by Sondheim, which means it's just like very repetitive. And there's this one song, uh, Joanna, and it just goes, Joanna. And it just goes, oh, just, on, it and goes on, on and on and on, over and over again. And it just grates my skin. <laughs> um, so I'm very thrilled to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Even listening to you two is less painful oh, than listening cool. to- Oh, cool. Well, we can start singing. If Sweeney. <laughs> no, Quality. thank you. <laughs> How are you, Leaky Poo? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've I spent the weekend in Sydney, Sydney. which was super fun. I had You're a bit Sydney of... gay now. <laughs> I did really want to go to the Beresford. Oh, but my friend was like, "Oh, maybe not this trip." Yeah, but I did want to really thank my friend. I I talk about my mental health quite mm-hmm. openly on here and had quite quite the scandal really. Mm, the scandal at the end of the week last week yeah. and woke up 
Saturday morning, not feeling very safe, not feeling very happy. And um, one of my best friends, Alexander, who took our photos yeah, um, great, for the photo, show. Great, great guy. Great guy. Messaged me and said, I'm booking you a flight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's These lovely. are the details. So nice. You're coming. Took care of me the whole weekend. Mm. We went to some fetish <laughs> S&M stores. Oh, he took care is, of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the paraphernalia is all around the studio today. Mm. Yeah. We've um, really just is. done a bit of a show and tell. <laughs> it was pretty... Yeah, it was really nice. We went to like a, a really tragic... Sports bar. I'm going to name oh, drop fun. them. St. Leonard's Tavern. Is it, it was wait, like, is there, anything with Tavern in the gay title bar? Sounds a gay exciting. sports bar. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Oh. It was just the closest place that sold alcohol to. <laughs> Were his you house. wearing all your fetish gear at the time? I was wearing the red latex gloves. <laughs> Cute. And it was like maybe four sixty-year-old heterosexual men uh-huh. watching oh, football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And me and Alex in red latex Strutting gloves <laughs> attempting to play pool. And yeah. um, it was one of, you know, the best nights I've had in a very long time. Oh, fun. Because yeah, I got a lot sometimes of Sometimes you just get away for a weekend as yeah. well if you're in that state. Getting out of Melbourne was uh, the best possible mm-hmm. option yeah. for me. Oh, well, well done. I'm glad mm-hmm. it worked out and you're feeling better now. Apparently. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Guys. You tell me. Oh, I don't know. Listeners, you check in at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. Well, I had um, Granny Bingo last night. Mm. For anyone oh, who yeah. doesn't know, I, I host a monthly bingo what? night in drag <laughs> <laughs> where there's three of us that play old ladies and we do some crazy shit at Granny you Bingo. Definitely. <laughs> do. I mean, it's at the 86 on Smith Street in Fitzroy and uh, you know that giant Coles over the road? We mm. quite often send one of the characters over the oh, road. How just, you don't have a lawsuit from oh, them? No, I, they love it. They, they oh, take really? photos when we come around. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. God. It's hilarious. Yeah. One of the characters in the show is is uh, a deaf mute, so she she never says anything, but she's quite a nasty woman and goes around stealing things from people, <laughs> audience members and that sort of stuff. And so we always get her to do crazy stuff. So last night, because it's our Christmas one and it sells out in advance. Your outfits were great. Thank you. <laughs> um, it, it's like always packed, the Christmas one. So we're like, shit, what are we going to do to like step it up and do something new and different? Yeah. And a friend's just moved in. You know, there's like an apartment building above Coles. Yes. A yeah. friend's just moved into that apartment building with a balcony directly opposite the 86. Oh. So we spent the whole night telling everyone that we were going to do an nativity play at the end oh, of, no. of Granny Bingo. So at the very end, we came out dressed, myself and Maureen McGillicuddy, one of the other grannies, came out dressed as um, Joseph and Mary. And we had a little baby Jesus on the stage. And we said, now, Caroline Springs, this is the other one, <laughs> Caroline Springs is very upset. She wanted to do Thriller, the musical. <laughs> uh, so we've told her that she uh, is doing Thriller, the musical, but really she's playing a sheep. She's playing the fourth sheep in the nativity play. <laughs> anyway, so then he came out dressed as uh, Michael Jackson, stole the baby Jesus, <gasps> ran out of the venue and across the street. And we're like, oh my gosh, everyone outside, let's go find Jesus. Oh, I see where this oh, is going. Yeah. No. Had the keys to my friend's apartment, uh, ran up onto the balcony and then he's like standing on this like fourth <laughs> fourth story balcony dangling <gasps> this baby Jesus over the edge while I'm wow. just as Mary screaming, Michael Jackson's got Jesus. To, to the random people walking by, that, uh, well, that must be quite a spectacle. Yeah, because you've yeah. got 120 people standing out, like they've just evacuated <laughs> the pub to go and watch this drag queen dangle a baby. Off the balcony. It was really fun, and it's really what the spirit of Christmas is all I, about. I think <laughs> I think it's something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, Luke's just been up in Sydney. Of course, we will be back in Sydney shortly oh, yeah. uh, for people that live up in Sydney that want to come and see us live. Yes, mm-hmm. we're doing a live show for Mardi Gras. We're um, also doing one in Melbourne. We are, which is on Friday Festival. the seventh of February That's for right. Midsummer. At Come the Melbourne Spiegel tent. Yeah. I'm so excited we're doing a show in a Spiegel tent. Healthy art trickle. Oh my God. I might mm. even do some Sweeney Todd there. Who knows? <laughs> Please don't. That's the venue where we did that live rap that I talked about like. Oh, months, I was like, we months, did? <laughs> I was like, you Months mean you. ago. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm excited. It's a cool space it's to such be a cool in. You're not going to rap, are you? circus tent. I rap ill shit on the daily. <laughs> That's all I do here. I can't wait. Your topic, right. your topic will be all rap form. You have to. Like I'm rapping rap right rap. now. My flow is just so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Rhyme fresh, quick. No. Yeah. Please come. We promise not to let. Luke oh rap. no, yeah, we'll keep him. I he has a ball gag that. now from the fetish store, so we'll use it. <laughs> mm, I will go rogue. I, I actually just to go back to that. I love the idea of. I always try to sneak a peek at the X-ray machine when i'm going through the airport thing and my yeah. bag pretty much had just the myriad of medications that i'm on at the moment to keep me from doing something stupid so mm. like about 50 different pills scattered in the bottom of a bag some red latex gloves a bowl gag a whole bunch of like bondage rope and like that's essentially all that went through the x-ray machine yeah. and picked it up on the other side and said thank you guys ah. i'm back Tonight we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is not Charlie XEX, because that was the other, <laughs> other week when they let me talk about what I wanted to. I wanted to talk about back in the early 90s, the, the Christian far right actually coined a term mm. and accused the LGBTQIA plus community of having a secret <gasps> gay agenda. Mm, it's true. You know, in opposition to their rights yeah. and, and their beliefs and their values. And it's a, it's a term that stuck around... So mm. few things from the 90s to this very day. Yeah. Mm. I just wanted to say, first off, that they're absolutely right. Yeah, oh, <laughs> absolutely. And there is a secret. We are recruiting. <laughs> it's just totally different to what they yeah. um, actually thought it was. So the basic propaganda and the, the kind of idea that I'm sure we're all familiar with it is that we are indoctrinating mm -hmm. children heterosexual people to join our cause yeah. through sodomy and, yeah. and, and sinful kind of mm. debaucherous nature and, and mind control. Oh, and, it's and my just, favorite. That's, that's yeah. what I use the most. You know, I've killed a lot of goats in my day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I've, oh, I've, God, I've, I've been around a lot of blood and... and Satanic worship. Yeah, and this general. kind of stuff is just silly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, this is silly. Yeah. If, if I could mind control, if I had any sort of secret agenda, yeah. it would wouldn't be to ruin the life of Barbara from the <laughs> RSL. What is Barbara? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. oh, oh my yeah. agenda would not be mm. to spend time with a lot of children yeah. and try to get them to take mm. attention away from me in a very limited pond yeah. of yeah. gay men <laughs> that I'm trying to sleep with. It mm. is crazy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like they think we have this structural organization um <laughs> there's no which, structure it's it's not religion and and the reason yeah. that they think that we have an organization like they do yeah. is because they are an organization Pop music is our religion <laughs> they, yeah. but they are an organization that is actively trying to recruit yeah. people so because, because religions go out it. because they yeah. do it they assume the that's other side is doing it. it and that's that's where the fundamental difference between these far right extremist uh, religious groups uh, versus the LGBTI community, uh, that's how it goes, is because mm. we, and of course we, we, we're we not saying we were mm -hmm. born this way anymore after last week's episode, oh. but we aren't a, after we a, an ideal. <laughs> after we solved that problem for everybody. We aren't yeah. an ideal that you sign up to and uh, ha we don't have a Pope and yeah. cardinals and bi mm. Pope bishops and that sort of stuff. We are just human beings and they are an organised religion. Mm. And in the 15 years that I've been heavily involved <laughs> in the gay scene and heavily. thousands and thousands <laughs> yeah. of LGBTI people, I have never once met a single person that had a personal 
personal goal uh, of trying to recruit new members. I've met no, the many, many, trying many... to get Sean Mendes. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> it's except, a for sure. yeah. except for Sean. Except for him. He's, yeah. But religious people are. They are actively trying to turn us straight and trying True. to recruit people. The fucking Salvation Army <laughs> piece of shit oh. that will only give uh, shelter and, and mm-hmm. help to people if they read the Bible and if they, yeah. uh, you oh, know, so long. don't actively say that they are queer. It's yeah, true. it's fucked. Yeah. So what they're looking at doing is looking at how they behave mm-hmm. and assuming that we do the same thing. That's yeah. how. So this is a trip. I trip. This is a trick I learnt very early on in my dating life to figure out if someone's cheating on you. Is it's that same mentality if yeah. they are questioning the fuck out of what you're <gasps> yeah. doing, Ooh. who you're talking to, where you be. If you're cheating and have like zero put to my no dang trust, flip it and reverse it. Put it down and reverse it because it's this same mentality. It means they're yeah. doing that exact yeah. same fucking yeah. thing and they know how easy mm-hmm. it is. I, I get recruitment. Like, it's nice to have more people around, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I was at Kylie Ray Jepsen concert last night. I didn't know there were that many gay men like Half in of Australia. Gay was there. Yeah, it was like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had a ticket to go and I couldn't. Yeah. Because my like, insta- They couldn't fit you in. <laughs> no, my insta started yeah. to feed up and I was like, oh, I see. You were basically there. Like, I just see. Just watch the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gay Melbourne is yeah. at this gig last night. It was great. Um, they also believe in certain things, you know, things that are we've seen commonly in uh, heterosexual culture, which is grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people like Margaret Cord actually believe- Oh, that l- great lass. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. <laughs> A sewer lizard Margaret Court <laughs> believes that lesbians have, have spread homosexuality oh, yeah. through tennis, yeah. through sport. Yeah. And and it's ridiculous. To me, it's the really gay, if, if I had a gay agenda, it would practically have three things on it. Mm. One is that every phone should have at least a 10 megapixel camera. Because <laughs> oh, I don't yes. know how the fuck anyone sending me these blurry dick, dick pics. Oh. <laughs> That's There's just no not excuse. right. Yeah. Um, HD. There should be a public holiday for the day after the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race, because yes. we know for that discussion. will continue for the rest of our lives Absolutely. and our children's <laughs> lives. And every bar should have a happy hour special <gasps> on Long Island iced teas oh. between four o'clock till six okay. for the homosexuals. That you guys were ordering those like early. crazy in okay, Adelaide. Can we also add, can I add a, a, an addition to that? Can we mm, also band yeah. Sondheim? Huh? Yeah, uh, I, I think you'll get some opposition from the gays on that particular. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm splintering off onto a separate. <laughs> if we had a gay agenda, we infight so fucking much that they'd <laughs> oh, be God. like. We already do infights. Yeah, we had an episode about it. (laughs) This is what I mean. We couldn't hold together a gay agenda because we could barely hold Mm -hmm. together a podcast or a party (laughs) without it falling apart. So it's just fundamentally a stupid idea. And concept, yeah. uh, And concept. But it's one that's... uh, But it works. It works. And it's Mm. one that they still use. And, you know, we saw it being used a lot during the marriage equality social... What do we call it? Postal survey. Um, I also saw, I, I think we shared it in our little private chat, um, a, a wonderful pamphlet from the CWA, not to be confused with the Country Women's Association of Australia, <laughs> who are wonderful supporters of we the love LGBTI them. community. Uh, this is the Concerned Women for America. I know. Uh, and I handed this pamphlet out and it was, uh, I think it was 16 tips on how to fight the gay agenda. <laughs> and there's shit in there like, share the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ with a homosexual. <laughs> oh, it should just that's, be that's like, a big don't- one. 
uh, turn sense. it into a musical and we might watch it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, isn't that Jesus Christ Superstar? That was awful. Uh, educate that's your... F- no, that's a good one. Uh, educate your family, <laughs> co-workers and friends about the homosexual agenda. Confront the media bias. It's cr- like crazy shit. Talk yeah. to your pastor. Educate to- your religious <laughs> leaders and radical about the I radical nature. I talk to my nature. pastor. <laughs> it's so good. But the scary thing is that people believe it and then we end up with things like this religious freedoms bill that yeah. our freaky religious uh, prime minister is trying to push onto the country. Yeah, fear We works. should start recruiting and it like... This is really like army kind of like feel. Kyle, like that doesn't help our <laughs> argument if you Well, say they're not that. listening. Like, guys, recruit someone. <laughs> like, look at the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at them. The poor Russians. Like, fear and scaremongering works. Yeah. And having a shadowy sort of agenda is a really cheap tactic. And it deflects mm. from what they're doing, which is uh, yeah. having an agenda. Mm. Yeah. I bumped into, I don't know if you guys know Brody, Brody Blades. This guy, this yep. Melbourne guy, mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in like ages and ages. He was just at, like on Victoria Street and I don't really know him that well. And I said hello and he came out and he hugged me and he was like, oh, I've just spent like six hours listening to your show oh. and it's really helped me get back into the queer community oh. and I'm going to start going to shows again and start doing yeah. things. Oh. And then I realized we are. Part of the oh my god! <laughs> and we just indoctrinated someone. We did. It's into working. Being like the honcho who wet on Wellington oh like by Bermuda. I need to go triangle. home and plan my outfit for mind control powers. Like I watch a lot of X Men. Join our cause. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. There's a difference between influencing people and having a gay agenda to actively recruit <laughs> in the way that Margaret Court thinks we are, or Israel Folau thinks that we are. Oh. So, Carl, what would you add to the gay agenda? I don't know. More sex on premises venues? Obviously. I, I'm a big fan. I go to all of them. I, I know them like the back of my hand. I'd say I'd also put a limit on like how many white gay men can have podcasts yep. in a certain you know, geographical space. Yeah, yeah, per yeah. postcode. Yeah. Maybe limit three. <laughs> Is my spot safe? <laughs> so down south, you're in oh, trouble. Damn, man. you are trouble. the weakest link. Goodbye. Mm, mm, I'd um, add that in. More gay penguins. That's adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that yeah. would be part of the, the yeah. whole thing. We we're recruiting know, you know. penguins now. Yeah, we it's started spreading to animals. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how we there started. There were people, when that London Zoo announced the, the gay penguins, there were people campaigning to have them split up so that they couldn't <gasps> be gay. There's no, a fucking, like, that's base, horrible. Like, there's nothing more animal instinct than actual animal instinct. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys have watched much. You would know what? a lot of X-Men sort of oh, yeah. comic book Lots origin stories. If yeah. we were going to start mind control, we would start with mm. animals and small things. Mm, yes. True. So yes. potentially these gay penguins are just... It's the beginning. The first beginning, yeah. the first step of yeah. us It was mice before that. But it is scary that it still is an effective tool yeah. for the far right to discriminate or conjure up some fear in a community that is really yeah. just trying to get by and yeah. have a good time. We just want to live. And record <laughs> a few podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, like, if we were to convert more people, what would our conversion therapy look like? Oh, I mean, I know, like, like the straight conversion therapy. Yeah. Right they're like, okay, okay. They're, <laughs> we would, we're like, force them to watch Project Runway. Yes, so obviously. So people dress better. Yeah. RuPaul's um, Drag Race, obviously. RuPaul's Drag Race, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need to learn the language. Come yeah. on. And we'd start with easy things. Like, just start with adding a bit of raspberry cordial to their beer. Oh, uh, yes. You know? that is and like... then work them up to cruises and that yes. sort of thing. And yeah. The, yes, absolutely. Yeah, espresso martinis. Espresso sort of, martinis. Yeah. 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 Well, Although the straights are kind of taking the the that, that away is, from us now. Yeah. The end boss at the end of the game is Anthony Clear with an espresso martini. Oh, you know? it's like gladiators. Yeah. Oh, poor Anthony. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, okay. You mm-hmm. guys ever watch A Clockwork Orange? No, I haven't seen it, but I know the makeup <laughs> for it. I know, like, people always dress up with it. That is... Uh, I, I know we're trying not to rip on Kyle so much on this show, but <laughs> the fact that he knows how to dress up like the characters in the films... <laughs> doesn't know what doesn't the characters know the films. It's a start, okay? It's <laughs> such a classic, like, Kyle oh. response to something. Anyway... Uh, Clockwork Orange is about mental and the visual conditioning that was funny. Yeah. and they pull his eyes open and force him to watch oh, torturous yeah. war footage oh, set to classical music so they can trigger him off and yeah. he'll probably do the same thing but with looped Barbara hours movies. Looped yeah, yeah. Yeah. or like terrible drag race alumni's hours yeah. oh, while they watch Basically, Tom's DVD collection. <laughs> oh, people would walk faster. People would right. get places That's quicker. True. Yeah, gays walk. Quicker. We wouldn't need as much cyber yeah. space on the yeah. So yeah. we we'd get them on treadmills. Yeah. So like greenhouse emissions would be down because none of us drive. That's yes. true. Yeah. Look, to me, I can see the gay agenda co-aligning with the the environmental <laughs> movement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Based off of the comments we've made tonight, and I could see that being a power play alliance. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also big because. That's also a movement that the conservative far right is very afraid of Yes, mm. uh, for no particular reason because their goal is to lengthen the time we have to live on this planet, oh, yeah. which is a- apparently very scary. Mm. But so if you to assume we'll have a planet. <laughs> yeah, so I think aligning ourselves, our secret gay agenda with the environmental mm, yeah. activist movement. Well, that's if, if the Greens have enough time to spare, considering they are busy starting all of the bushfires in Australia, oh. according to the uh, right-wing media. That's mm-hmm. true. I was in Sydney on the weekend. I, I've never smelled my own cigarettes before. You've never smelled I, them? Yeah, I can't smell them. And oh, I, smoked... I constantly, I smell like them because of you being around <laughs> yeah, me Yeah, and I smoked so much because yeah. I was so depressed. And I said to Alex, I was like, I'm so sorry, because he opened the door and yeah. he was like, I'm so- I, like, sorry, I do need to breathe. <laughs> and I went, I'm so sorry. It smells like fucking cigarettes. That's disgusting. Is that what I smell like? And he's like, no, that's the bushfires. Yeah. <gasps> you can oh, smell damn. it everywhere in Sydney. Everywhere oh. you walk, it just smells like yeah. Christmas Day or whatever when Jesus. people have a wood fire thing going. But the media tells you like, there's yeah. no problem, whatever. That's hectic. 
quite early and sort of it sort of dawned on me that yeah. no nah, ain't going to happen mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i met my current partner jeff about 20 years ago and uh we were just at my mum's one night for the usual sunday roast and she whacked on a video mm-hmm. and it was a show about two men and a baby mm-hmm. that was filmed in melbourne ah. and they had done surrogacy and Jeff said to me, well, he didn't say anything to me. He just looked at me with that look saying, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. And my mum had obviously had some intention in showing us that video. So we went away. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I was like, mum's, mission accomplished. mums yeah. are good at that, yeah. <laughs> and so we went away and we thought, well, yeah, we can do this, but how the bloody hell are we going to do it? Yeah. So we actually stalked. Lee and Tony, who were the guys in the video, because we now knew they were in Melbourne. My language, <laughs> stalking. Getting into stalking. Yeah, yeah. It was, eventually we tracked them down and got a phone number. Mm. We rang them up and said, "Can you help us?" And they called us around and said, "Yeah, come, come and have a coffee with us." And that's how we started. Wow. Gays helping gays. Yeah, oh. that's. And <laughs> yeah. uh, now we, you mentioned you've got three children, and, and I'm interested to hear about the the surrogacy. Firstly. How did it sort of become the best option for you? Obviously, there's different paths you can take. What made you and Jeff decide that, that was the best option for, for you as a couple? Well, prior to my mum showing us the video, mm-hmm. we had we'd looked into adoption. Mm-hmm. wasn't available. It just wasn't an option for us. Um, we had looked at foster care, and we had just decided that we weren't the right people to be foster carers. Yep. Mm-hmm. It has to be – you have to be mm-hmm. a particular type of person who's, you know – pretty much a saint and we, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't think we qualified as that mm-hmm. yeah so we had started down that path but we didn't know where it was all going to end and surrogacy hadn't occurred to us until we'd seen the video and then that was what we decided we would do mm. um so professionally you're a lawyer did that help with the process in terms of being able to be a boss bitch and negotiating <laughs> Knowing all the the kind of ins and outs, because we've we've talked about surrogacy on the show before and how Mm. complex Mm. uh, some of these arrangements can be in the Mm. grey areas of it. It can be complex. Being a lawyer sort of didn't help at first because I was just petrified of the whole, all the paperwork and legal work and um, all the what ifs that went with it because we were doing it in the US. We we didn't know anything about it. There was very few people who had done it before us. And then one day I just had a realisation that I do this every single day mm-hmm. at work and I don't blink an eyelid. So why am I all of a sudden nervous about this? Yeah. And that helped me approach it. Um, yeah, there was lots of contracts that she didn't read um, <laughs> uh, because we had what is commonly known uh, with queer parents because we had baby lust. We wanted to have a baby. We yeah. were just focused on becoming parents. That mm. was so incredibly strong with us that you did sort of, look the other way or not look through things particularly carefully at some stages. I would never give that advice to anybody now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not legal advice you're giving on this no. show. No, and, and I just wouldn't give it to anybody. I think you do need to be very thorough with it. But we weren't as thorough, but we had seen that video of Lee and Tony and had contacted them, but so had about another six or seven oh, couples. True. Right, yeah. And then we all met Lee got us oh. all together and we formed Gay Dads Victoria oh, and Gay Dads Australia over some beers because we thought, well, if we're all going to do it and we all was doing it through the same agency, we need to um, help each other and connect. Yeah, right. Amazing. Are there services out there for, if, if there were couples that didn't have the legal background like yourself, mm. are there services that they can go to to sort of help negotiate that process? Are there, or are there even lawyers that specialise in that? Sort yeah, of there are lawyers who yeah. will specialise in it, but you don't need lawyers to negotiate this process. The processes are fairly well established, mm-hmm. particularly in the US and Canada. Mm-hmm. 
and there is a huge pay it forward community um, with gay right. dads. We help each other and we help people on the basis that they will help the next generation of gay men coming through. Because the thing that we noticed was when we did it, there was about six or seven couples doing it we were in the first run of them. Mm. We found that all of a sudden, all these gay men who had wanted to be parents, but who had written it off much like we had, that they were never going to be parents, mm. had suddenly discovered that there was an option. Mm. So we were inundated with people wanting to know more and how they could become parents. This is a possibility. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. And it was quite amazing to see all these gay men that you had seen out on the scene back when there was one. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you'd seen out at bars and all that all those years ago. And yeah. all of a sudden they're coming to you and saying, we want to be parents. And you think, oh, yeah, well, it's not for mm. everybody, not mm. not for straight people or gay people, but it was just wonderful to see. It's been one of the best parts of the journey for us. Amazing. Wow, that's so great. Um, you spoke of your first child, Ethan, earlier. How did you uh, come to be parent for your younger two? When we came back uh, from overseas with Ethan, Ethan was two weeks old and we arrived. It was um, uh, mid-January and a good lesbian couple, uh, friends of ours, Debbie and Lynn, were there to greet us. And um, the conversation, it, it wasn't quite like this, it was... We want to be parents too. Can we have some sperm, please? Oh, Trade. <laughs> it was a little bit classic. I have oh, said that sentence many yeah. times. Wow, it yeah. was a little bit more nuanced classic. than that. That's um, on my grinder program. <laughs> a month later, Debbie was pregnant with Justin. Wow, wow. that's great. When we had come back, I was working during the day, and Jeff yeah. was working during the night, so we yeah. didn't see much of each other. Mm. But it was the only way we could pay for this. Mm. And I would get a phone call from one of the girls saying. We're ready. Can you uh, make a deposit? <laughs> dump your junk. Oh my god! <laughs> and so Justin was conceived while I was holding Ethan. <laughs> well, well, at least my uh, part of it was. So I came into a cup while I was trying to get Ethan to sleep. <laughs> oh my god! And that's that's wow. modern parenting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Ling arrived on a motor scooter with a of helmet on. Did. <laughs> knocked on the door. Oh my and god! And I gave her the little medical cup. Mm. With, it was sealed and everything, and she looked and she said, "Is that all?" <laughs> I asked her to leave quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. <laughs> and anyway, nine months later, oh, Justin wow. was born. Wow! And, then, and so you still have parenting. Uh, you, the, the arrangement that you have is that you've, you're still very much involved in the parenting. Of- yeah, we blend our families yeah. um, cool. every weekend. Yeah. The boys have grown up as brothers, and uh, they're That's all beautiful. Have a Taiwanese background, yeah. so we have Chinese classes at our house on a Saturday afternoon. We have an open house dinner, so our families blend, and then we just invite anybody else that we like. Oh, lovely! Um, mm. Into the for the dinner, so it's usually about fifteen, sixteen people for dinner on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we travel together. We're going over to Taiwan shortly because uh, Jeff and I are getting married there. Oh, congratulations! Oh, congratulations. So, um, that's only really for the boys. We're mm. doing it for legal reasons, but the actual marriage, the wedding is going to be on because the, all the boys are yeah. really keen to be involved. Oh, how mm. beautiful. So we're doing a big Chinese banquet wedding. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So good. Uh, you mentioned the money there earlier. It is obviously a, a hugely expensive undertaking for anyone. What needs to happen in Australia for it to become more accessible financially for people? Well... In Australia, you can do surrogacy, but it's altruistic surrogacy. So in theory, there's no money that changes Mm. hands. In practice, you're still going to be out of pocket $70,000, $80,000, $90,000 because you still have to pay for everything. All the medical expenses. Medical, legal, fair compensation for 
loss of work or yep. um, insurance, all those sort of things. But it's very limited. You have to find a surrogate and an egg donor in Australia and you can't pay them. You can't even advertise for them. So they tend to be relatives yep. or very mm. close friends, you know, girlfriends or something like that. But if you're going overseas, the dollar is you know, really shit at the moment. But the places that you can really go at the moment are just uh, the US and Canada. Yeah. So it's very expensive. So we were fortunate enough to, I was 40 when we, um, uh, Ethan was born. And we decided we would just, the only way we could afford it was to mortgage the house, mm-hmm. um, which is what most people did. So we went to the bank and the bank said, well, yeah, we can mortgage the house, but what do you want it for? And we told the loans officer and he looked at us and he said, oh, I don't think head office is going to approve a loan for that. <laughs> right. And we were, you know, we must have looked devastated. I think Jeff was a bit teary because this was, you know, if yeah. we don't have the money, we yeah. can't do it. Anyway, the loans officer wrote down home additions, non-structural. Oh, oh wow. wow. Oh, that's so amazing. So home additions, non-structural. So that's how that's Ethan was funded. <laughs> that's yeah, a nice that's name so good. as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a poor kid. <laughs> yeah. So do you, in your opinion, do you think it would be best for Australia to change its laws around being Absolutely. able to pay so that we can yeah. do it here instead of having to go overseas? I, th- I, I think so. I'm a great believer in women having complete autonomy over yeah. their body and that applies to however how they choose to use it yeah yes they have to have uh they should be informed they should be supported they should have access to a regulated system mm-hmm. and we do have a regulated system now it's just altruistic so mm. it wouldn't be a big change to make it commercial mm. and it would just be fair compensation yeah for the time and effort that they do women who are surrogates whether they're altruistic or commercial they don't make a lot of money out of it. It's yeah. not like it's not like the pot at the end of the rainbow. Mm. It's a small amount of money, so you have to actually like being pregnant, and yes. you do want to. You have to have that sort of uh, belief that you want to help other people. There also seems to be this sort of train of thought that if we start paying people for it, that they'll just do it on a whim or mm. something like that. And I kind of feel like anyone that's going to get pregnant is probably going to think about it pretty well before they agree yeah, to that. It's not going to happen on a whim. Yeah. There are so many hurdles that you have to jump through. There's um, financial hurdles. You can't be, for example, a bankrupt in the US. Mm-hmm. You have to go through psychological testing, police yep. checks, and then there's all the counselling that goes with it. Even if you do altruistic surrogacy, there's a lot of counselling that goes mm. in into it, and you have to sit there and you have to talk to questions about, well, who's going to be in the room at the birth? Mm-hmm. What happens if there's a problem at the birth? What happens if the emergency caesarean is required? What happens if the woman who's carrying the surrogate wants to terminate for, for various reasons? What if you want to terminate because there's an issue with the child? So there's all these things that have to go. It's not something you can wander in casually yeah, off the yeah. street. And those people who would present themselves to do that would be shown the door very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you mentioned the Gay Dads uh, group. You also have a Facebook group for the Gay Dads yeah. uh, community. It's been around since 2006. Is it, It's mostly for gay people who are already dads or also soon to be dads as well? It's, it's more those who are currently dads but usually with young kids mm-hmm. or those who are starting down the path and want information it's sure. the pay it forward model a lot of people who have kids who are much older now you know that they're seven eight nine ten uh, maybe early teens they've sort of moved off the group a sure. bit because their lives are now evolving taxi, yeah. Taxis mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah <laughs> how many people do you have in the group the Victorian group, I think, has got about 800. Oh, wow. But there are groups in each. We've split up, so there's groups in each state. So you can get local information. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there's groups in West Australia, South Australia, Queensland, etc. Mm. And is the information being shared mostly about like how to go around surrogacy and that sort of thing, or is it also what to do once you've had the kids? 
it's an interesting thing. I've been asked this before. Um, it's mainly about the practical journey and how you negotiate immigration and yeah. finances and filling this paperwork in and what form you have to get. There is a little bit of um, how do I parent, but yeah. gay men do it slightly differently, I think. I think gay men come from a position of being incredibly practical. And I, I know a lot of gay people would say, gay men practical? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe, but they, but they do tend to take it very practically and um, they will go out and source information, whether it's from their uh, local uh, maternal and child health nurse that you get mm -hmm. with the council or um, they'll go ask their family mm -hmm. or their sisters or people at work, how did you do this? How mm -hmm. do you get from A to B? How do you get your baby to sleep? Mm -hmm. And they'll go home and try it. Yeah. But with regard to just general parenting, people tend to... Um, just adopt generally the styles that they were brought up in. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mm. Sounds like a lot of dads. 800 dads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream like that one. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of touched on it previously, but I think one of the big questions that a lot of people have is, is there a fundamental difference between being a, que a queer parent and raising a child uh, compared to our standard ideas of what a heteronormative couple. Yeah, um, there is. I mean, parenting is parenting in the house. But it's when you step outside the house that uh, those things present themselves. Uh, so, for example, we would be pushing Ethan down the street in the pram and uh, somebody walked by and say, oh, you've given the mother the day off. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's an erasure of... Um, Microaggressions uh, and things uh, like that. It's not deliberate, but it's just... it's something that they're just not prepared for. They don't mm. uh, have it as an option in their mind. I think that's changing, but it's a slow thing. We thought we really were prepared for um, finding ourselves in situations where we were being discriminated against. Mm. When we enrolled him for childcare, when we rushed him to a Catholic hospital at three o'clock in the morning because we thought he was you know, quite ill, uh, you know, running into emergency. We thought we we're going to be confronted by bigotry and prejudice and, and be discriminated against that. And what we found was quite the opposite. We found that the worst thing we got was curiosity. Mm -hmm. ah. um, most of the time it was people just doing their jobs. You, know, you enroll for kinder and they just say, okay, you're, you two are the dads. Okay, who's going to be picking the child up? Mm -hmm. Because we need to know because we'll give you the code to get into the gate and all that sort of thing. Oh, it's all very practical. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. There was no judgment. Mm -hmm. And the same when we we turned up at Cabrini Hospital in the middle of the night. Yeah, we rushed in, and uh, a very officious charge nurse sitting at the. I desk. think they all are. Yeah. I think you have <laughs> to be to be a charge nurse. <laughs> and um, she she looked terrifying, and we rushed in with Ethan, and um, she looked up at us and she asked us two questions: "Are you both the fathers?" And we said yes. "Do you have insurance?" Yes, and that was and that was it. Just <laughs> take a seat. And you're we'll done. Do you think, yeah. do you, think done? you find yourself like ready to fight these people? Oh like, yeah, yeah, I'm known for my um, <laughs> argumentative nature, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I just found myself not getting into those sort of discussions. We found acceptance being mm. more broadly than we yeah. anticipated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we live in a little bubble in the inner yeah. city, etc. There were two incidents that I remember. We had come back and we had. Um, sort of pressured to do a, a, an article with The Age. Mm. And uh, we did, and Ethan was two months old. And the next day, I opened up The Age. It was still a broadsheet then, and there's this huge picture of our family and an article on surrogacy. Oh. And it was actually quite positive, and mm. um, 
that was fine. And then that day, we were walking down the street with Ethan in the pram in Collins Street in the city. And this woman, about five foot tall, probably in her early 60s, came rushing towards us. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, well, I'm about to be abused. And she said, <laughs> you boys were in the paper yesterday. And I said, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> And then she just hugged me and cried. Oh. And she said, I now know that my son can be a father. Oh, oh. That's so beautiful. You're going to make and me cry. <laughs> for us, it was like, oh, we were expecting hatred. Yeah. yeah. And what we got was- What a nice you know, surprise. This, this woman who, um, for herself, she had just realized mm. that her son being gay wasn't the end of that family tree, if yeah. you like, yeah. and she saw some hope. The only other major difference we've encountered is people saying- Who's the father? Yeah. You say, we're both the fathers. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Who's the real father? Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. That old chestnut. <laughs> so, and we have a response to that, and it's one that we share with all the other gay dads because it's it's the, one of the things that they ask about. You know, how do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. And we always tell people, well, it's because you can't tell generally with a gay couple because there hasn't been anybody walking around with stretch marks or yeah. anything yeah. like that. So. We tell people that the child's origins, who the biological father is, is the child's information. It's their story. Yep. Mm. They own it. They'll mm. be the first to know it. And then they'll get the decision to choose who they share it with. Mm-hmm. So that ex- immediately excludes things like um, my mother and Jeff's parents. And they were curious too. So who's the bio- who's the sperm from? Mm. And we just said, well, it's, just, it's irrelevant. Yeah. If we yeah. had adopted, would you? Mm. Yeah, you would even ask yeah, that exactly question. Right. And you would never ask that question of a straight couple. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's over curiosity, and they they feel yeah. entitled yeah. to ask that question. Yeah. Yes. Rather than get angry at them, and you do get angry after the fortieth or fiftieth time that month you get asked. Mm. We take the approach that you gently guide them and say, "Look, this is this is the story. This is Ethan's story, so yeah. he'll mm. know." Cool. And they get it. They and it's great it. that you yeah. have the patience to do that. Yeah. And, and I guess the, the 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 positive result from that is that next time they're not go- like next time they meet another same sex couple parents, they're not going to be asking those questions. And hopefully, they're sharing that information with and their they friends. Are, and they are, and that's, yeah. that's the reality of it. And we didn't do this to be um, leaders in a field or mm. you know trailblazers. We just happened mm. to be one of the first ones in Australia doing it. So we took, you know, part of forming Gay Dads Australia was uh, we decided we'd take the responsibility to handle whether it's the media or um, family or just random questions in the street to, to handle them patiently and respectfully because we know that if if we can create a better world that way, our mm. kids are going to grow up mm. in schools and environments where it's normalised. Yeah. It's not something that's scandalous and then our kids will be happy. Well, I'm interested mm-hmm. to talk about the the, um, the schoolyard because we know kids of same-sex attracted parents can be on the receiving end of a lot of hate and bullying, which, you know, if it's left unattended, can result in depression and things later in life. Part of the Safe Schools Coalition was protecting against that sort of prejudice against the children of queer parents. It's, it's a hard question to ask, but how do you think about that in relation to your experience? Experience as a queer parent, as your kids sort of get into the teenage years, when oh. the other kids sort of start picking on differences, is that something you've sort of actually? Been I think it starts. It starts earlier than that. It starts. Right. It starts um, when they're you know in grade two, yeah. And we have experience with this. I, I don't think you'll find any queer parent who is not uh, an avid supporter of the whole safe schools concept. Mm-hmm. It is so fundamentally important to us. We're all fairly tough and you know, adult, that we can handle the hate that gets directed our way through the media and social media, mm-hmm. etc. But we're 
terrified of it get, getting our kids because it's not their fault. Yes. It's not their responsibility to carry. Um, so safe schools is so incredibly important and I'm thrilled that we still have it in Victoria and I, I'm saddened that it doesn't exist to the same level mm. in other states. Um, we have taken our son out of a state public school because of bullying that was went unchecked right and we couldn't get a resolution and it, you know it is a minority it's a real minority yeah. and it's a learnt the the perpetrators the kids who are perpetrating it are just mimicking their, their you know, older parents. brothers or their yeah. parents but the reality is you know Ethan's at a school now where the fact he has two dads and he's not the only one with two dads um oh, great. Uh, there there are other gay couples and plenty of lesbian couples there with kids but the school is like, well, the, his peers are like, yes, yeah, so you got two dads. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So oh, fantastic. Is, is, that's great. Yeah. Is that just luck that that school's like that? Or do you think it's because the school has been proactive in sort of creating a culture where it's not an issue? They are a member of the safe schools. But I think it be, even before that, I think there was just a, a better culture in culture. terms of yeah. dealing with um, the kids who were gay already. Yeah. And so having to deal with them. We, you know, it, it all comes from the leadership, and, there, and it's, that school had really good leadership, which is hence why we took Fantastic. Ethan there. Mm. We're privileged enough that we could do it, yeah. and we mm. had, you know, we had that opportunity. But not everybody is in a, you know, if yes. you're in a rural area and there's only one school, you, yeah. there's, there's nowhere else to go unless you mm. pick up and move, and that's not always a, an option. So safe schools is incredibly important, yeah. mm. and um, it needs further resourcing, mm. yeah. and it needs, um, you know, needs to be out there. Mm. And you were telling us before a bit how you face people's curiosity and hostility. Do you think there is an, like a difference between gay dads and gay mums and how they're perceived? Initially, yeah. yeah. Look, we, we had the pedophile thing thrown at us a lot in oh, social yeah. media. Yeah. We had a number of run-ins with people like the Australian Christian Lobby and Lyle mm. Shouten, oh. my favourite person. Oh, yeah, vile, um, absolutely vile. Big friends of the show. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure they're listening. Hi, they do. Um, <laughs> Uh, look, there is a difference, and I think it comes back to that stereotype that mothers are nurturing and yeah. fathers are you know, distant. Mm. And perhaps when my father was around, yes, that was very much the, you know, in the 60s, that was really very much how things were. I think it has changed. I think mm -hmm. the more and more they see gay men with children, yeah. uh, the more we're in the media, the more we're represented in popular culture, mm -hmm. the more famous people who um, come out and get lots of coverage. Yeah. You know, Ricky Martin. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. He's just had another kid. Um, so... The, I, I, I think the, the Halloween photos from, uh, what's his name, David Burker and... Um, oh, and Dougie... What's Duke, his, Doogie uh, Howser. Oh, what's his name? Um, Patrick... Pa Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick oh, yeah. They're like their Halloween family. photos with their kids oh. every year goes viral yeah. on BuzzFeed and that sort of thing. And it sounds trivial and, and silly, but there's been a lot of interesting studies and a lot of headlines about children of same-sex couples perform better in school and children raised by same-sex couples uh, get better scores in school and that sort of thing. In what ways do you think uh, queer people are better at raising children? Ooh. And do you agree with those sorts of things? Super kids. I have yeah. my own oh my God, train so of cool. thought on, on these, this thing. Okay, really well, I, the, the, studies, the studies are relatively small yeah. and mm. in many cases they're self-selecting but they they play to the reality of the same-sex couple mm. they tend to be uh, more affluent more educated mm. Um, mm. and in a position to be able to afford children yeah. so and the average age is you know like a decade older 
than heterosexual couples for having oh, children. Yeah. So ah, there's a position that's starting position that's different. But there's also a, another position. You, queer people don't have children, you know, after six Bacardi breezes in the back yes. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Not, no yet. Accident. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> you, we may try, but it doesn't happen that way. So it's very well planned. Yeah. And so when you're going to all that uh, effort to plan to have the child, you're also planning how you're going to raise the child mm. as well. You're very queer parents tend to be very, very mm. involved in the the raising of their children and both parents. And I know f- from my experience when I grew up, I had an absent father because he wasn't. You know, that was the stereotype. Then you know, you just um, the mother raised the children, the father went out and worked. And queer parents operate differently. Yeah, mm. and we we do things differently too. We mm. share housework differently. Yeah. I mean, even just you were talking earlier about um, sort of blending the families on the weekends and that sort of thing. And a friend of mine who's also a, a father to a lesbian couple sort of plays a, a, an uncle role in the relationship with the child. I also think we're very open because we're not coming at it from a heteronormative background. We're very open to different ways of um, living as a family once you've, we've had kids as well, yeah. which heterosexual people sort of tend to have these ideas of how a family is supposed to operate. Well, they often, come, how it's they often come from their own family and yeah. they're using that. We don't have a, a template if you like mm. but there's another thing that's at play here which um, I'd love somebody to do a study on it. I'm not going to do it because I'm too <laughs> old but a lot of queer families are uh, interracial yep. and intercultural mm-hmm. mine is an example of one we don't necessarily follow the western tradition of the 2.4 kids or two kids and two parents in the nuclear family mm. the nuclear families are really recent invention in mm. western society it's only about a hundred years old really prior to that and what happens in most of the rest of the world they have extended families yes with multi-generations grandparents uncles aunties etc they all participate in the raising of a child it's mm-hmm. that you know that saying the village raises a child yeah. mm-hmm. and the nuclear family that we're so used to in australia for example is the outlier it's the yeah. odd way of raising a child and queer people tend to uh, not always, but there's there's certainly a far better acceptance of raising a child in the village. Mm. Crowdsourcing, mm. in a way. <laughs> a, bit cra- a bit like crowdsourcing. It's not like mm. Uber, but it's... <laughs> not <laughs> yet. Um, but, yeah, so you know, if you've got a gay couple and a lesbian couple and they're raising a child jointly, there's four parents to mm. share the workload and share the, the stresses and the enjoyment. There could be up to eight grandparents yeah. who mm. are yeah, also going to be so involved. True. So mm. going back mm. to your original question, does that make them smarter or better performers and all yeah. that? I don't know, but I think that it does put them in a position where they may have a higher emotional EQ. Yes. They, they've just yeah. got oh, totally. a different set of reference points. Yeah. And all those kids know that they come from a family that's different. Mm-hmm. In most cases, they're taught by that family to celebrate those differences and not fear that. them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they're still receiving love and that's all really yeah. kids need, I guess. Kids need one parent or guardian mm-hmm. and love and that's the minimum they actually require yeah and a nintendo switch <laughs> and a smack down this <laughs> <laughs> yes this is true <laughs> <laughs> the great thing is that now i get comments from like 22 year old gay boys who have just met their love of their life who's another 22 year old gay boy, oh boy and their parents are talking to them already about um, when the wedding is, and when are they going to have children? Oh, and I'm going, slow down. So. <laughs> but, um, but the narrative, the, even in that short 10-year period, has, really has changed. changed. Yeah. Mm. Whereas now parents are 
not going, oh my God, my son's gay. Mm. They're saying, you're gay, so when are you going to have children? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's changed. Yeah. Now, um, I imagine you've got to have pretty strong mental health practices in place to be achieving what you've achieved with your family. Uh, how do you look after yourself, both as a person and a parent? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I, if I was going to be, not, say what I shouldn't say, is I have a glass of wine. Yes. Yeah. Often. Um, I, look, uh, mental health is really important uh, during the process and after the process once you have children. The best thing you can do is is create a community around you um, that is there to listen, be non-judgmental, to say to you, yep, that shit happens to me mm. too. Yeah. In one sense, our friendship groups changed. We went from having lots of single or gay couples as friends and then all of a sudden we've, you know, 10 years later, most of our friends have kids yeah. because that's just how things change. It is important though that, those things do change because you do need those people who have shared experiences because mm. they're better able to support you and you're better able to support them. Yeah. One thing gay men are very good at who become dads is being very open about how they're feeling. If mm. you know their kids are shitting them, they'll tell you their kids are shitting them. <laughs> I'll open my feelings. <laughs> um, and I think it's in part, certainly in Australia, I think it's in part it's because we had you know leaders like Lee Matthews and Tony Wood who... Um, opened up their house. They literally opened up their house to all these people who stalked them mm -hmm. after that film and said, okay, well, if we're going, if you guys are all going to do it, let's create a community that mm. um, help us get there and then help the next generation. Looking after your mental health is incredibly important because we all suffer the same issues mm. as anybody else. But the only way I know how to deal with it is to, to make sure you surround yourself with like-minded, supportive friends, Get that community. Make sure you live in that village. Don't isolate yourself from it. Great. Great. Before we let you go, for people that do want to sort of connect with that community, if someone's listening to this and wants to, to speak to some people in Gay Dads Australia, is Facebook the best way to get in touch? Facebook is the best way. Yep. Um, find wish, the one in your state. and then uh, Find the one in your state um, or just go to Gay Dads Australia mm -hmm. and send a message. That'll come to me and I will um, answer their questions and mm -hmm. direct them to the right group. You know, we we started off very much as a Yahoo group many many years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> um, and then about five years ago, um, mm -hmm. it, it became Facebook based. Mm -hmm. I'm dreading if it changes again. Cause <laughs> I'm struggling and to I keep mean. up with it. Mm, um, it'll be on TikTok next. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> Please contact us through just typing "Gay Dads Australia" in Facebook, and you'll find us that way. Mm. Fantastic. Don't type it yeah. into porn tube. Yeah, don't type <laughs> it. Into, like, yeah. That's a different. Yeah, we do. We do get a lot of. People, we have a closed membership because we um, want to respect people's privacy. Yeah. And at least 80% of the people who want to join Gay Dads Australia are looking for something other than yes, this. <laughs> <Imagine, yeah. laughs> Thank you so much. It's Thank a real you. inspiration. Yeah, no, it's been fascinating. Uh, Thank so you good. so much. It's great to know gays can, can have children. Mm -hmm. Maybe next we can learn how to drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the possibilities are endless. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's all we have time mm. for tonight, y'all. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh, to Rodney for coming in and giving that great fascinating. interview. So, so fascinating. Yeah. Really such a good guy. story. Yeah, such a nice guy. Mm. I love um, a good biracial family. Yeah, that's like your family. <laughs> <laughs> I always say biracial families. Having a, like half Asian kid 
I say Filipinos are like the tonic water yeah. of genetics. <laughs> you know, you can mix it with, say, mm-hmm. any other alcohol and you yeah. get a pretty good drink <laughs> out of That's it. Great. Thanks, and that great. No, don't forget to get tickets to our live shows in Sydney and in Melbourne for Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Sydney's in February the 28th, I think, at the Giant Dwarf. Right before Parade Day, so... Get your wholesome content in before you go party up and forget your life. <laughs> mm. and there'll be nothing tickets. wholesome. Yeah, there'll be there'll, actually. Yeah, me like, in nah. Sydney for Mardi Gras. It's not going to be wholesome. I can tell you that. Oh. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with Mikey. Oh my gosh, oh my God, so, so exciting! Excited. I'll um, be gone that week because yeah. we swap out the brown people. <laughs> thank you to our patron. Um, our patrons. Patrons. Thanks to our patrons. And coming up in the after show this episode, we're going to be talking about World AIDS Day. That's right. Yeah, World AIDS Day uh, will have just passed when this episode goes to air. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to sort of talk about what it is, uh, what mm-hmm. the focus of World AIDS Day uh, was uh, this year, and also what's happening around the world and also uh, home in that area. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll have a some really interesting updates, chat. Yeah. yeah, some fact checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always an important good topic. news and bad news. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sort of a good look around. All over the world. Yeah, I would recommend chucking your dollars in. For the after help put my cat through the vet <laughs> me please for the big brother up late special this yeah. week but we'll be back next week with more content and more mikey and more mikey yeah yay yay see well, you guys bye bye, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.